we were talking about the Cure Consult consultation. You have taken step one. That gives them an idea if this is something they want to follow through with. And done your Cure Consult. And if they do, then the next step would be a new patient exam. In this episode, we take a look at the next step in your journey to a cure. Everything has to compensate for the fact that there's an unstable bite position. The new patient exam. If you have unhappy muscle because you're not getting the right range of motion, it's going to take its wrath out on the bone. We'll see that on a tomogram. So that's kind of like, okay, we see it. There's a fact. Dr. Insolara will discuss the process for determining your treatment plan. I like to make perfectly clear to the patient what they're looking at. You know, they can understand what I'm looking at. There's nothing to hide. I mean, it's all measured. If I didn't think this was connected, I would tell you. And the role you play in that plan. The patient's very much involved in their own treatment. When you take a pill, you expect to get better. When you take this, you expect to get better. But your body doesn't work that way when you're dealing with muscle and bone, particularly over time and the changes that occur over time. Because now we have to undo changes over time and, and change it and create function where there's dysfunction. And then we have to be consistent. Episode two. Think of a face as a tent. Okay, and uh, okay, so you've got a tent and it needs a six foot pole, but your face is showing me a four foot pole. The new patient exam. I try to make it so that if I can understand it, anyone should be able to understand it. Welcome to Treating TMJ, a journey to a pain-free life, a podcast from the TMJ and Sleep Center. Welcome to the TMJ and Sleep Center podcast. I'm Randy Hawk, along with Dr. Insolara. Now, our last episode, we talked quite a bit about symptoms and cause and effect and understanding difference between treating the symptoms instead of addressing the problem. So once people make that decision... We were talking about the Cure Consult consultation, and that gives them an idea if this is something they want to follow through with. And if they do, then the next step would be a new patient exam. So what we're doing in the new patient exam is creating facts where before we're just using, we're kind of using opinion, but but now we're doing facts. So we're going to do tomograms of each joint, which give us positive location of where the, the TM joint condyle is to the skull. And, and that's a big deal because um, as the jaw progresses, is further back and up into the skull. Okay, so back and up into the skull, it creates undue compression. It can even compress your ears where you might feel pain and pressure by your ears and possibly even fluid. And a lot of times it's TM joint fluid that can get pushed into the ears. But it's, it's all based also on bite. So as your bite teeth come, to, come together, that positions the jaw in this adverse position. So we'll see that on a tomogram. So that's kind of like, okay, we see it. There's a fact the jaws are in kind of the wrong place. We can also factually look on muscles, and we do a clinical palpation of about 40 muscles of the head and neck, and we're looking at posture as well. So we're tying everything together. What I want the patient to know is we're not treating them just by their jaw or just by something simple that wouldn't work like a splint because that wouldn't work. We're working with a, a measured neuromuscular orthotic that's based on EMG, neuromuscular measure, cross-indexed to a tomography x-ray that, that you'll see the before and after condyle position position in the skull based on when you bite into an orthotic position that will change the location of where the condyle is. That's internally, or we might say intracapsular, okay? I don't want to get too fancy with words, but the way to look at this is because the jaw is too far back in the joint capsule, the muscles attaching to that jaw have to be too short, meaning their range of motion isn't the proper length. 
So if it's not the proper length and you're doing this 5,000 times a day and you're doing this since age five, so you can see where this is going because muscles attach to bone. If you have unhappy muscle because you're not getting the right range of motion, it's going to take its wrath out on the on the bone. So basically when we see bones, jaw bones, neck bones, whatever you want to see, we'll see the, the wrath of dysfunctional muscle because it will create disc compression. It will create spurs, arthritic spurs. It will create joint remodeling modeling, meaning the joint itself changes shape because it's been in a wrong place. Everything has to compensate for the fact that there's an unstable bite position and it continues to become unstable as the dysfunction multiplies over time 5,000 times a day. Right. So the dysfunction is basically a chain reaction. And you used a bunch of terms that Dr. Insulara knows as a guy who's been through this uh, process for the listener, basically it visualizes and measures where you are as the patient, where your jaw, where your neck, how, how strong your bite is, having us bite on tissue papers and things like that. But it really gives you a gauge of here's where you are. And also you talked about this thing causes this thing, causes this thing, causes this thing. Right. You really, you really figure out just how far in that chain reaction the person is when they walk into your office that day. Yeah, really. You can see because, you know, the older they are, with this disease, obviously, it, it just gets worse. You, imagine if you were look, walking the street and you saw somebody kind of bent over walking. Uh, and I'm wondering, well, how the heck did that happen? Well, they didn't start like that, but they slowly got to that position through time. And because it was slow and it was through time and it did happen when they were kids, uh, symptomology generally uh, doesn't necessarily have to be there all the time. But nevertheless, gravity, age, and dysfunction create all of the above. Um, we can also see the, uh, we have a nice uh, CBCT, they call it X-ray which shows the face, so you'll get what they call topography or facial look, then we can take the skin off and look and see what's underneath and show you what's happening with the bones and and, and why you're here, in in essence, and, and what the muscles have done to the bones. And we'll definitely put examples of this on the page that this podcast is on so people can check that out and know that. And one of the great things is when I saw the pictures of my jaw and my face and things like that, and then you also have... Here's a healthy one, and here's yours. <laughs> well, if, if, if you and that's take, where it starts to become real for you, like you can visually see it. It's down and forward from the capsule itself. If you think of a joint capsule as like a ball bearing, like like your chair has rollers with with uh, you know little round things underneath. Okay, that's in a capsule, it, but it can't work very well if the capsule isn't smooth. But as your joints get worse and worse, the capsules aren't smooth anymore. You get the bone spurs. You and get the, the, rough and the irregularity. Edges. And we call it remodeling because it's changing shape. And when it changes shape and the muscles get more dysfunctional, they can be painful. So if you press here, that could hurt. If you press along the side of your jaw, that could right, hurt. Right here. Because, and, and yeah, so that's an inflammation of the joint. Well, we call it capsulitis. But if it was of your shoulder, a very familiar term, it's bursitis. Same thing joint inflammation uh, because of a malposed shoulder position and a malposed TM joint. So as a person's going through this with you at the uh, TMJ and Sleep Center, every uh, x-ray and measurement and thing that you do really starts to reveal what state their condition is in and starts to outline the treatment plan. Yeah. I do like to talk, but but there's another reason why I like to talk. I like to make perfectly clear to the patient what they're looking at so they don't have, you know, they, they can understand what I'm looking at. 
So that, you know, and, and questions are always, it's fine with me. The more questions, the better. I just think the more questions you ask and the more you observe and understand what we do and the more I talk, the better we look because we're not hiding a thing. It's all out in the open as to what, what's going on. It's a process. It's a disease. It's a journey. And, and we want to stop that pathological right. journey. And, and the models that you have, the bite models yeah. and a lot of skulls. and <laughs> Lots of cases. Yeah. 30 and, years of cases. Yeah. And that, that you can show saying, okay, here's your table in the office has all of your examples that you use to help educate well, people in the process. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's got some, and the rest are, you know, put away. But no, but they, but it illustrates what we're talking about. And we have x-rays, of course, uh, that we would illustrate. And even prior patients, we don't have names on these x-rays, of course, but we show befores and afters. And, and uh, it, it's quite graphic to, to see changes in, in the posture and the bite simultaneously. And that's how you cure people. That's how... But but it only happens if the patient's cooperation is where it should be. I emphasize that really strongly because if you are at our place, I know what my job is, and that's to get rid of why you're here, okay? And I just believe everybody has to work to the same level. So I expect my patients to work to the same level. And that's a big difference. And and I've been... I've been on the receiving end of your accountability, and I've seen you with it with <laughs> yes. other people. And it's but it's important. It's a light bulb moment. You yeah, understand right. that you are an active participant. My dad used to always say, "Randy, you got to be active in your own rescue." Like that was for me. I'm like, this. I have to be active in my own rescue on this. And, and I do think that's different, right? A lot of people are like, "I'm going to the doctor today, and I want a shot or a pill or something that fixes this immediately, so I can go back to my life." They mask the symptoms a lot of times with that sort of a treatment plan, but that's not what this is. This is, here's what's wrong. Here's how we can fix it. Here's what I have to do as in Dr. Ansolara, and here's what you have to do as a patient. And we're about to start a journey. And that journey isn't always a smooth asphalt road. There's some bumps in that journey because muscles don't respond the way, I mean, they're not going to respond 100%. Muscles have adhesions. Muscles have deficiencies through time. What we're doing is we're getting rid of that through function and through measure. If I cannot run that office without being able to measure your muscles. That's impossible because I need to see just where the deficiencies are and how we, how we can change that. And that's what the orthotic does. It's one on the lower. It's pretty clear looking. I mean, mostly you can't see it, but it, it does change the way you put your teeth together. And that changes the muscle range of motion and makes your muscles more powerful. You really get to the point where you hate not having it in. That's how I know people are wearing it. Because I ask them, what happens when you take this out to clean? And they go, usually they'll say, I really don't like it out because it it just doesn't feel right anymore. I need to keep it in for the support. I bite my lip. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly when I was doing, hey, I did this with me. I, I'm, I cured me. Yeah, I was biting. It was always the right corner of my lip. So it is, it's, it's, it's a transition. This first step, right b- before you g- get into the treatment, that really becomes resource or exhibit A as you start to make the journey. Then there's months later or however the particular person's treatment plan rolls out, these same measurements and x-rays and things are taken, and then there's an A-B comparison. Yep. You were always. here and now you're here. Well, we always do that. And that's because we can measure and, and, and we can. The other thing that we measure is range of motion. So we'll take a measure between your top and bottom teeth every time you come in as well. And when people first come in, a lot of times they don't have a very good range of motion. Normal range of motion for anyone should be 45 millimeters to 55. Hey, I've had kids in that open 
19 millimeters. That's terrible. I've had adults that open 15 or 10 millimeters. Again, terrible. They get all kinds of stories that their jaw's too small or this or that, the other thing. All I know is that when we do the right thing, do the right measure, those same people can open 45, 55 when we're done. And we don't need to do anything more than, like I said, measure and put the appropriate appliance. And the click in. goes away. Well, the click, the click isn't that. If we want to talk about that, we can talk about that. The click is a, um, it's, it's usually in front of the trajectory of the condyle. So that when you open, you click on, but when you bite, you click off and the jaw goes further back. So basically, as you provide the right position, you're providing the condyle with the right position and the disc itself should be where it ought to be. But to tell you the truth, and this is true too, the, the uh, orthotic creates the position and creates the support. The disc has been tossed out of its moorings, if you will, so it's not on the head of the condyle, and it's very difficult to stay there. With the orthotic in position and the support that it gives, we get the right position, because it is the right position, it's measured. But you can get a click once in a while, but it doesn't mean the jaw's in the wrong position, okay, because we've already x-rayed that or tomographed that. But even with an orthotic, sometimes there is that click because sometimes that condyle gets in the way. It does. But, but, but if you're in the right position, you won't go too far back, you won't go too far up, and the muscles don't lose their range of motion. So it's okay. The thing that I can't emphasize enough is how straight up you are. If somebody comes in and, and they don't have what they think they have, you're like, I can't help you. I don't hide anything, and um, there's nothing to hide. I mean, it's all measure. So uh, if, I, if I didn't think this was connected, I would tell you. But, you know, when you see the jaw in the wrong place and you see the forward head posture, you see forward head posture and the jaw in the wrong place, they're connected, that you can't disconnect that. I mean, you just can't. And, 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 and forward head posture means it's not forward head posture symmetrically. It never is. Your body doesn't work symmetrically. It's always in, in an asymmetric manner. So one shoulder's always higher, one hip's always higher, one leg's always shorter. But it's the same thing with your bite. Each angle of your jaw is different. So when we take these um, x-rays, you'll see that the left side might be higher, the right side might be higher. So it's offset. The beauty of the orthotic is it changes the playing field and makes it makes it equal. People listening, when you get to his office, you're starting to be evaluated before you even walk well, you, all the way back to I the room. I can't help it. He'll <laughs> know that when you walked, your shoulders were here, your leg was here. <laughs> I can't help it. As a matter of fact, I've gotten, I've gotten that from one of my PTs who we might be talking to at some point. And she, she just took a little trip and she says, I can't believe this. I usually look at gates and the way people's walk, people walk. She says, and now I'm looking at forward head posture and the way their shoulders are. And so she just texted me that. And, uh, and I was like, good, we're on the right track. No, we, we've done lots of cases together and she's, uh, she's excellent. And there is a physical therapy component to the journey. There has to be. If you're not going to do a physical therapy or a postural component, I'll, I'll go to that point. If you properly, then why are we doing this? Okay, so my question to any patient is, if you're not doing that properly, by the way, we need to, because I'll coach you through it, and I'll coach any provider that wants to, to understand what we want through it. But you have to make that effort, okay, because that's how you get cured. That's how we clean up these inadequacies and in posture that we see. The patient's very much involved in their own treatment. It's the only way it can be. It's the only way it can be in my office anyway. <laughs> but but you're right. I mean, ideally, that's the way it should be. I don't want to get crazy with the medicine stuff, but you're right. When you take a pill, you expect to get better. When you take this, you expect to get better. But your body doesn't work that way when you're dealing with muscle and bone, particularly over time and the changes that occur over time. Because now we have to undo changes over time and, and change it and create function where there's dysfunction. And then we have to be consistent. And the word consistent is 
over time. And there shouldn't be any deviation from that. Maybe you can put it in perspective. For me, that was very different. When the first time I met with you and then talked about that sort of stuff, I was like, oh, wow, never really gotten homework when I, when I go to a doctor. And I do think that's something that's very much so different in this process, that you are actively involved. I'm a nudge. I tell, <laughs> I tell them up front, I'm a nudge, and you will understand that when you come in for your office visit, because I'll look what you've been doing. We'll talk about it. It'll all be good. I'll be remeasuring. I measure posture. I wouldn't say every visit, but I measure your posture. Every two or three visits, we check that out. And we do a new C-spine on, on the neck to make sure that's working right. And we always check the bite. We always check the orthotic. Yeah, you t- check the bite with that black paper. It takes yep. me about four toothbrushes to get it off of my yeah, orthotic. I try and get that off, but <laughs> it's, it's uh, some kind of vegetable deal. But um, it does it does make so we can see it because, see, uh, and the whole reason behind that, it's called articulating paper. So when you're biting on it, why are we looking at it? Because your bite's changing as we're progressing, and I'm looking for points of... Um, change, if you will. And when it changes, it's because the lower jaw is changing in such a way that its position to the upper is slightly askew. So I have to take those deflections off so your bite is true. That's what that's all about. That's why you need to come in every every month or so because you're changing. You can't expect muscle to be consistent and working properly without change, particularly since it's never worked properly before. That's the real key that people need to get. You know, Mm -hmm. it's never worked properly before. And I always tell people when they get their orthotic, which is designed to be functional for you at that very moment, they should go out and celebrate because it's really the first time in your life you've functioned because you've never functioned. And that goes back to the stuff we talked about in podcast one about uh, it is genetic. Yeah. From what I can see in my office, in my records, I just had a family of three in the office they all look the same. They all have the same bite. It's all it's all the same. So you can you can see it. I mean, you can see what's going on. It's just obvious for me. And I've been doing this so long. I you can see the face. If you um, think of a face as a tent, okay? And uh, okay, so you've got a tent and it needs a six foot pole, but your face is showing me a four foot pole. What does that mean? There are certain parts of your face that'll be sagging. Certain parts of your face that'll be kind of pouting and and maybe even a little swollen on the angles of the jaw because when muscle works short, it can swell. And so you'll see that too. And, you, and you'll see the, the facial asymmetries. One part of the jaw might be flatter and the other part will be more convex uh, because of the dissimilarity of the height of the back teeth. The left side might be different than the right. Well, it will be different. And, but like I said, the orthotic changes that. It changes the playing field and makes it, makes it symmetrical. It's also different to me in this, in this process even when I try to coach somebody in radio, like a lot of times when they say a, a, a break on the radio and, and I want to work on them, what they stumbled on or what words they didn't need or word economy and things like that, I have them write it out. Okay. Right? So they're involving another sense, right? They're not just saying it. That's a good point. Now they're seeing it and things like that. And one of the things I think about what's going on with me through this journey with you is you, you feel it, you see it, you hear it. And I think the X-rays and all that stuff are, are part of that. You become more involved in what's really, you might even it's dream, not voodoo. You, you, you might like, even dream it. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not voodoo, though. You know, you can see what's going on. Well, that's ironic you said that. And I think we said that last time is when my first lecture for TMJ, I remember the oral surgeon guy, I told him that I was going to a TMJ lecture for two days. And he said, that's just a lot of voodoo. I'll never forget that. And that was so many years ago. At first, I, he, I, when I first saw what I saw, I had no idea what they were showing me because it didn't involve teeth right away. I didn't see a mouth. I saw spines. 
Mm-hmm. These people were actively changing the shape of people with curves in their spines and making making them right when the bites changed. You have to search for the answers. Fortunately, now it's more than thirty years later. There are other people that can help. I kind of value myself as one of these these people. But all the answers that I've gotten, I had to search for, I had to travel for, I had to, to extract, and then make my own format, if you will. And, and now that's not necessarily the way you have to go because we've got proven formats that work, and I consider mine one of the proven formats. You talk about going to seminars and sessions and things every like mo- that. Every month. Around the nation. Yep. Meeting with like-minded people like yourself. Yep. yep. The problem is coming back home because <laughs> you're the only one that knows what you know. And now you have to espouse it. You have to live it. It's not just necessary to talk like we're doing now. It's necessary to walk the walk, not just talk. And uh, and that's what you have to do. But it wasn't the easiest road in the world because when it's not the total mainstream deal, then it's harder to make people understand. But the more active cases you have, the more successful cases you have, the more documentation you have, the more confidence you get, of course, and the more that transcends into your conversation with your patients so that they understand. This guy understands, not only understands, but believes in it, and and here's proof that it works. And that's why, uh, you know, the following has increased, and it's been it's been real good because the patients understand that it does work. This isn't just something that I thought about 35 years ago. It has to be satisfying to see it has evolved, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, um, like I said, I think it should be as mainstream as could be, but it's, we're still we're still searching for that. It's still going to—it probably won't happen while I'm around, maybe. But, you know, certainly I would say in the next—I I don't even want to predict. But let's say the next 10, 15 years, uh, things will change even more. Some of the stuff, the yoga and the physical therapy yep. and things yep. like that that you, yep. that you have in your treatment, I think the world has become more open— to those concepts as well. Certainly. So that, I, I, I believe when you reverse engineer it, it, it kind of helps your what you're working yeah, with. Too. You have to set the environment up. So the, the yoga and the swimming and, and the stuff like that and the PT, all of that stuff is very necessary and, and very helpful. Again, the, but the stage is set with the disconnect that nobody, you know, nobody seems to get until I bring it up. You're, you've got to function 5,000 times a day. And I didn't make that up. That's just the way it is. And if you take an anatomy book and care to look at your head and neck and look at the muscles connection, you'll be astounded to see that they all connect to each other. So if you're 5,000 times a day in the wrong place, I don't care what you do for posture for the rest. You can go, you can go wherever you want for the rest of your life. You can't be stable because 5,000 times a day you're creating instability into the very posture that you're trying to stabilize. And the consultation is almost like a science lesson because when you're showing, I wasn't aware of, of the muscles holding a bone that just floated good for you. In, in your neck and yeah, things like that you. when I was first met with you. And I'm yep. like, that's crazy when I'm good, thinking about for- it. Then I look at my own x-ray and you're like, there it is. And I'm like, ah. I had a, um, a, a person in my office that had CPR done on them and we had treated them for TMJ and cleaned it up. So I had the ending x-rays. And after she got treated by, for CPR for an incident, mm-hmm. uh, she couldn't breathe or speak or swallow. She was in the ER twice they scoped her. They told her her vocal cords were paralyzed and they were going to send her to a speech therapist. And I finally said, get in and let me take an x-ray. And when we took the x-ray, the hyoid bone was right up against the mandible where oh, it shouldn't be. Because okay. when we were done, it was down down below by C3, C4. But here it was by C1, C2, which tells me right away, this is a trauma, trauma incident, and the muscles are reacting adversely and creating a problem. So what do we have to do? I have to put her back on the computer, measure the right position for her 
new muscles that have been injured, put an orthotic in again. And, and as soon as I put that orthotic in, all that stuff went away. All that stuff went away. Um, it, it's, it's remarkable. And then uh, she said, well, my, my husband wasn't too happy because now I'm talking to him again. So I was like, oh, well, at least, at least you're feeling good. Um, but the orthotic created the environment to drop that hyoid bone because <laughs> all those muscles are attached to it, 20 of them. You, you, and, and that's how your windpipe stays open. And, that, and because it's, it's conveniently or strategically is the right word, uh, placed right here, right in front, strategically placed there, it will control your cervical vertebrae, which also controls the back end of the windpipe, which also controls what your head weighs, because if it's back over your spine, it's 12 to 15 pounds. If it's in front with the forward head posture, not only are you not breathing right, but your head weighs 30 to 40 pounds and you're, only, and you're using accessory muscles of your upper chest and neck, creating more forward head and more problems and more swallow problems possibly. If you just connect the dots, it's really not rocket science. It's just common sense. And just look at an anatomy book. Not that people want to look at an anatomy book, but I do that. And you I took like care of that it. for us. And I still do it <laughs> because I still enjoy doing it and still watch. I like watching how these muscles interact. It's so dynamic. And, and, and of course, I'm, I'm living it every day. So anything I look at, I can apply. And that is the difference working with you on this is you do take the time to educate people on what you're doing and why. Not, oh, don't worry, we're going to take care of it. Anything I know, I make sure people understand the way I know it. I try to make it so that if I can understand it, anyone should be able to understand it. It doesn't have to be a high, sophisticated level. You don't have to put a giant medical term on it. You know, so, you know, if you have a dystonia, for instance, okay, a dystonia simply, you know, means that the muscles are contracting and, and twitching and whatever. We had that with that lady that was in uh, Dubuque, and uh, we got rid of that dystonia. And, and that dystonia lasted 15 years before we put an orthotic in. And in one week, according to the PT, because she saw her in a week, and she called me and she said, I'm calling you because she doesn't have that. It's gone. I mean, her muscles are still somewhat weak, but she doesn't have what she had. And I said, well, it's a week, but it's 5,000 times a day times seven. So it's 35,000 times that she got function and she was 43 that she never had before in 38 years from age five. So. And just when you talk about some of those cases, like somebody that can only open their mouth 10 to 15 instead of 40, the burden that becomes daily, trying, even trying to eat, well, getting at, a spoonful at, of something at, in at, your mouth you has to be you impossible. Can't, you can't get a spoon in at 10. Once we can get an orthotic in... Then I don't care what you chew. I, 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 I think I mentioned that again. The orthotic protects the joint, protects the muscles. And so you could get the chewiest thing in the world. Uh, sometimes I tell the patient, you can chew nails. I don't really care. With an, or- <laughs> with an orthotic in your mouth, it doesn't matter because you're just not in the wrong place and you're just duplicating function through, you know, multiplication of the muscles working. Is it fair to say you're starting to heal yourself by uh, chewing? Absolutely. Uh, of course. Yeah. You're creating more vascularity. You're creating more blood flow. You're creating more oxygen. You're getting rid of lactic acid. The lactic acids are the trigger points that if you press on a jaw, press on a muscle, you go, whoa, I didn't know that hurt like that. They're called latent trigger points. And that's because these muscles are working so short and dysfunctionally, they pool acid in the muscles. And when you press, you're literally pressing on some acid, which really hurts. So, you know, I'm going to have an extra piece of pizza tonight and tell my wife that you need me to. You could do it. It's all (laughs) all therapeutic. It's all therapeutic and it's all good. Yeah. I just had a, a lady that brought her daughter in for headaches and neck pain and face pain and stuff. And I'm explaining everything. And the, the lady still, um, she was in the chair, but 
of course, the mom's the daughter, the daughter's the mom. And, she, and so when we were talking, because, and this was a cure consult, the mom goes, well, we're going to have to get that new patient exam, but I think it's going to be both of us. I said, look at your mom, because you will have those symptoms in that severity 30 years later, because it's just the multiplication of dysfunction. So catch it early. Catch it early so you can, yeah, have more fun with your life. And there'll be plenty of videos, links, photos, and other assets that illustrate what we've discussed on this podcast on the page on the website. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up on the next episode of Treating TMJ, A Journey to a Pain-Free Life, a podcast from the TMJ and Sleep Center. This is a step in your journey, and that journey uh, isn't an instant snap of your fingers and you're going to get better. Muscle is the problem, and position of the jaw is the problem. The orthotic provides the, the buttress, if you will, for the proper muscle relationship to the face, to the jaw, to your neck. Let's work it together and let's get you feeling good. And that's what I'm all about. I want to make you the best you can be. 